on this edition of the Iowa Business Report. I've been saying quite often that if you don't like change, you'll really hate irrelevancy. Family business owners from across the state will gather in Boone in August to share information. We'll talk with the host for the session. Do you have the Sunday scaries? It's a very real thing. We'll tell you what it is and how to find it. And you'll meet a new business near Ames that has grown a lot, literally, in its first year. This is the Iowa Business Report for the third weekend of June 2021. The Iowa Business Report is a copyrighted production of Totally Iowa Media, which is solely responsible for its content. For more, click on the radio programs button at totallyiowa.com. Here is Jeff Stein. The Iowa Family Business Center by UNI is sponsoring a special program this August at the headquarters of Fairway Stores in Boone. The Tour, Lunch, and Connect with the Fairway Family event is on Thursday, August 19th. It includes a facility tour and luncheon discussion. You can learn more by going to AdvanceIowa.com and clicking on the Events tab. Reynolds Kramer is the fourth CEO in Fairway history. He's also the fourth generation member of the family to lead the company. I spoke with him recently to learn how this event in Boone came about, and he referenced a past guest on this program, Mary Vermeer Andringa, chair of the board of the Vermeer Company in Pella. Mary with Vermeer, I believe, has been a great part of this Iowa Family Business Center with you and I. So we're just trying to continue to do what great companies like that have done, and that is, you know, give back and give opportunities for small businesses medium-sized businesses, all family business to learn some of the pitfalls, some of the different ways to do things. And so in talking with some of the team from the Iowa Family Business University of Northern Iowa group, I brought them down to do just a quick little mini tour and, and a discussion to see if it would work. And yes, we're going forward in August and I, I think we're going to have quite a few individuals come and touring the warehouse complex. That's one thing to see the size of what we are as a company and also the fact that everything runs out of Boone, Iowa to fill those shelves. That's one thing. But I think the discussions that we're going to have as a group and the openness about what really goes on in a family business, et cetera, et cetera, will be fun. It'll be educational and I'll learn something from it. I mean, I will hear things I'm sure that will be of interest to me because we're always trying to learn and get better. It seems that someone might look at fairway meat and grocery stores with 11,000 employees in seven states and think, well, they're at this level up here. But the reality is, is it not, your family-run multi-generational business is an awful lot like this third-generation single operation, maybe 30 to 40 employee operation, because you deal with some of the very same things just at a little different scale. So, Everyone should be able to share information to where, as you said, you'll learn from somebody, but they can extrapolate what they see Fairway do and incorporate something in their own operation. Definitely, Jeff. I think the idea of the small family business that's on a main street that you know is less than 25 employees, we're all doing the same type of thing. Now, granted, we might have some systems in place if it's an accounting system, a payroll system that deals with a whole lot more, but those same struggles are there. 
So when you're dealing with family, if the uncle or the cousin or the aunt or the brother doesn't show up to work one day or they're late or, you know, things are going on, you know, that's a internal struggle that you have to deal with from a human resource standpoint. Believe me, it's never easy to deal with a problem with an employee, but especially if they're a relative, that's never easy. So yes, if, if it's a company selling hardware or tires or something like that, I think we can relate in a lot of ways. And I think the purpose of us getting together and the Iowa Family Businesses having discussions just to learn about how to deal with some of those things. Fairway has always, to me, been positioned as good Iowa-based. They're not open 24 hours a day. There's a certain culture that I think you're trying to really match up with the cities in Iowa, through the Midwest, et cetera, where you do business. That's a common point, is it not, for any business that you have your core values and you deal with employees in a manner that's consistent? I think if a family business especially doesn't have certain cultures and ideologies and thought processes in place, if they don't know who they are, that's going to make it very difficult to succeed. So believe me, we make a lot of decisions that our customers sometimes question, our employees question. We're, we're trying to make sure we're, as a company, continuing to evolve and yet stay with those basic principles and that, that culture that we believe in that, that works for us. And sometimes you have to understand that what works for us might not work for someone else, but having that belief in yourself to know who you are and what you're about, that's really one of the most important things. Some of the changes that we've made just in the last three or four years Mm -hmm. for our employees to be able to have uh, visible tattoos on their Mm -hmm. arm. We went away. I'm wearing a red shirt right now that says fairway on it. I don't have the traditional white buttoned up with a a black tie. Mm -hmm. We've made some of those changes that, quite honestly, for, you know, 80 years, we didn't change at all. Mm -hmm. And so I've been saying quite often (laughs) that if you don't like change you'll really hate irrelevancy. <laughs> so, you know, we have to keep up with how things are going, and yet we can't go too far right or too far left. Reynolds Kramer, CEO of Fairway Stores. We spoke via Zoom on Friday, June 11th. We'll hear more from Reynolds Kramer about Fairway itself in a future edition of this program. And again, to learn more about the tour, lunch, and connect with the Fairway family event, On Thursday, August 19th, go to AdvanceIowa.com and click on the Events tab. Still to come, is your Monday morning more like Monday moaning? And in our business profile, a product that will soothe the soul. You're listening to the Iowa Business Report. The Iowa Business Report is presented by the Next Generation Leadership Group, preparing family business members for executive-level responsibilities and ownership. For more, go to the Family Business Center tab at AdvanceIowa.com. If you are one of those who dreads going back to work on Mondays so much that you start getting depressed on Sunday, then this next story may interest you. Dr. Elizabeth Lombardo is a clinical psychologist. You've seen Dr. E, as she's known, on many TV programs. 
We spoke by phone last week on the topic. So if you have the Sunday scaries, you have this anticipatory dread. Saturday, Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon starts to creep in, and all you can focus on is tomorrow morning, when that alarm goes off, when you go back to work, when you go back into the stress of your job. And it hinders your ability to really be present during the weekend because you're thinking about, you're dreading, you're feeling anxious about what might be coming this week. There's a difference, I trust, between some of us who, by Sunday evening, we know Monday morning is coming up, and so we sort of do a mental checklist, try to get ourselves uh, so that we hit the ground running. That's different from people who just, you can tell, they have a cloud over their head by about 2 o'clock Sunday afternoon. Yes, and the key difference is how do you feel? Are you feeling excited about your work week? Are you feeling like, wow, I'm going to go through this this checklist of to-dos so that I'm ready for Monday and that feels good, you feel excited? Or do you have the dread, the anxiety, for some people the depression that really settles in? So ask yourself, how am I feeling as I'm thinking about my work week? And that's going to tell you if you have the Sunday scaries or you're just getting prepared for your work week. How prevalent is this that people have the Sunday scaries? 67% of people say they experience this. So it's it's very, very common. Luckily, there are things that people can do. Sometimes people think, oh, I just have to get a new job. That may be one thing you can do, but there's also a whole lot of things you can do even if you're not going to change your job. Well, let's hear some of those because, again, I trust some people may sort of know it, but it's their family members that know when someone has it, right? Because you can just tell as they're they're almost transformed at some point. Right, and you talked about that cloud over the head, so it may be that, but it also may be if you notice that your partner or a loved one starts to get more irritable mm-hmm. on Sunday afternoon and Sunday evening, it may not be you. It may not be that they're sick of you from spending time with you. It may be that they're experiencing the Sunday scaries. So let's talk about what you can do. I have created the five S's to help us remember how we can avoid the Sunday scaries. The first S is self care. Make sure you're taking time during the weekend to take care of yourself. One great way to do that is exercise. Go for a bike ride, go for a walk, getting outside, moving your body is going to help you feel happier and have less stress. Learn more at her website, elizabethlombardo.com. Coming up, how to build a family farm business with a unique commodity. You're listening to the Iowa Business Report. The Iowa Business Report is presented by the Iowa Waste Reduction Center online at iwrc.uni.edu. Get monthly updates from the IWRC on industry news, regulatory changes, upcoming events, and more. All right to your inbox. Sign up at iwrc.uni.edu. The concept of starting a small business in addition to your full-time job is not unique, especially when Iowa farm ground is concerned, and having family of all ages be involved in a small business is also pretty typical. Put those concepts together, and you have Iowa Lavender, a new company that has already kept its founding family busy. Jessica and Jason Mortweet are the owners of Iowa Lavender. We started Iowa Lavender in 2020, a year where we all needed a little bit of relaxation. We planted 
about 150 plants on our farm to get started and a couple different varieties. And then we, from there, we've just started harvesting and getting to use all of the benefits of lavender and turning them into products. We have two daughters, a 10 year old and a 13 year old. And we were also looking for something to do with our land that could get the kids out of the house and off their electronics, right? And so we happen to do it, as Jessica said, in the middle of a global pandemic where everyone's stress and anxiety level is high. And we thought it would be the perfect time to start our own lavender farm. So where did the idea for lavender come from? Obviously you had the property and you could do whatever you wanted with it, but where did the specific idea for this as a commodity come about? So I've used lavender for several years. In fact, you know, when we look at flowers, it's one of the flowers that I really liked because it's not only beautiful, but then it lasts beyond and has much more use after the beautiful bloom is done. We were actually vacationing and went to Wisconsin and went to a lavender farm there. And we thought if they can do it in Wisconsin, surely we can try and start a lavender farm in Iowa. And that's one of the things you have to be concerned about, because if it grows in this climate, that's fine. But so much of what we hear about grows in a different climate, different temperatures. Did you have any unique experiences getting things up and running? Obviously, if you were to start this year, there'd be an awful lot of watering going on. We've actually learned quite a bit about growing lavender. And people are really interested in this. We found that people they like lavender and they want to grow it themselves in their own garden, but they don't always have a lot of success doing it. So we really, on the front end, we really looked into, okay, what do we need to do in order to grow lavender here in Iowa? We actually brought in 25 ton of rock and put that into our, into our lavender field in rows. And that was the first step because we've learned lavender needs really, really good drainage. It needs full sun and really good drainage. So we plant the lavender actually into rock. It's a Mediterranean plant, really likes the sun. It likes the heat, doesn't need a lot of water, does not want wet feet. So really this summer has been perfect for growing lavender out at the Iowa Lavender Farm. We joined the United States Lavender Growers Association. So we've been able to network with lavender growers all over the United States and uh, learn from some of their mistakes as well as what's worked for them uh, in the similar climate. So that's been really helpful, too, to be able to network and grow with them. So other than the fact that it has a nice flower, obviously it looks good in fields, what do you do with it? Where is the market for this once you have a successful harvest? So we found that lavender can grow and go in a lot of different products. As we've looked at it, our most popular product has been a lavender salve. It's a lotion that you can put on your hands and feet, specifically at bedtime. So we know getting enough sleep is a huge issue for a lot of Americans. Lavender has been proven to help with sleep. And so being able to put this nice lotion on your hands and feet at bedtime, that's been one of our key products. We also put the lavender buds in an eye pillow. And so if you're taking a nap, you can put that on. Uh, Many people have said it's helped if they have headaches. You can also heat them up and use them as heating pads. So that's something we've been able to put the buds directly into. We've also done lip balms. Lavender mint lip balm is very popular. Uh, Nice refreshing scent um, as you put that on your lips and feels great and looks great. 
We've also done lotion bars, which is a solid product that you actually apply directly into your skin and it melts. And so that's been great for massages as well. I keep one on my desk during the day. And anytime my hands look dry, I just put that on my hand. Looks great, feels great, and stays as a solid on your desk. Not to forget our pillow spray. So that's another bedtime thing where you can spray a little bit of the lavender spray on your pillow at night. And it's just very calming and relaxing. And our kids love it as well. Gets them ready for bed. We grow the lavender plants out at the farm. And then Jessica actually handcrafts all of these products on our farm as well. So it's, it's kind of cool to be able to use something that we're growing out there and making a product that helps people with relaxation. The lotions and the, the salves that she mentioned there really does help with reducing inflammation and soothing your skin. So, you know, stuff like eczema, acne, sunburns, cuts, bug bites. I mean, lavender is really, really helpful and useful for all sorts of different issues. And Jessica's done a great job of doing the the research, putting in the hard work of to develop these products. And we both have day jobs as well in marketing. And so things like creating websites and brand strategies and product labeling and stuff like that, we can do that part pretty easy. But it's been fun developing these products and learning about growing lavender as part of this business. With our kids, they've been able to develop their own product lines. So our 13-year-old has aromatherapy keychains where you can add a little bit of any essential oil onto the keychain and carry that scent around with you. And then our 10-year-old has an aromatherapy necklace where you can do the same and you can put a little bit of oil on the necklace and be relaxed all day long. So that's been fun that the, the kids have also been able to find product lines and, and learn what sells and what doesn't sell so we can do this together and they can earn some of their own money as well. It's unique to have a family activity like this. I suppose in Iowa, anyone in agriculture, it's a family business. Everyone is involved. But as you mentioned, you have your day jobs. And so this, I suppose, replaces family hobby to some degree because everybody's involved. That's right. And we also have some goats. We have chickens. We have you know <laughs> stuff like that. So people who want to come out to the farm. And we're kind of slow playing that part. We're going to be opening a gift shop out at our farm. And so we're working on constructing that now. We want to be able to invite people out to the field to experience that, but they love seeing the goats. You know, the, the goats are going out in the lavender field and they don't, they don't like to eat the lavender, fortunately, but they'll eat the, the grass and the weeds in between the rows. And so, you know, everyone's playing their part out at, <laughs> out at the farm. Biggest challenges right now as a new business? And then second, where do you think this might be in five years? I think uh, one of the challenges we have right now is, uh, like Jason mentioned, a lot of people do want to come and visit and, and experience the lavender experience. But as farmers, you, you learn it takes a while to establish the crop and get it to the point where it is viewable to the public and uh, create many experiences for them. So that's one of the challenges is we've, we've seen some of the demand. And so now we're trying to fulfill that by um, making it viewable to the public. So that's that's been one of our challenges so far, as well as just learning how to 
grow and harvest a crop in Iowa when there's there's really only three or four growers in the whole state that we're aware of growing lavender. And so we're really relying on our own research and our experience as part of that research as well. Yeah, it is a, it's a unique crop. It's a unique thing that we're doing here. And so there is a lot of interest. And we started out with 150 lavender plants, and then we basically doubled that here this spring. Lavender plants, it's perennial that takes about three years to be full size and, and just full blooms at that point. Even by year two right now, our, our field is, is blooming. It's exciting. I mean, it's been really fun. And it'll be interesting to see where this goes. You mentioned in, in five years, where do we see this? I think, you know, right now we're primarily selling online on our website, iwillavender.com and at farmer's markets. And so we've done the Ames Farmer's Market. We've done the Geneva Market. We've done... Um, the Maxwell market, right? So we've, we've started doing a few of these markets and, and have really seen some success. So we've already had different businesses reach out to us wanting to carry our products in their stores. And Ryman Gardens, for example, they're, they're going to be carrying some Iowa lavender products there. So it's, it's neat to see a small business like this grow and take off. And it's been great to connect with other businesses as well. You know, there was the big push for Shop Iowa uh, throughout the state and having that. Um, and that's been great to get uh, people outside of the Ames area to learn more about our products and be able to be featured in a, a way that doesn't cost us any money to be on that platform, as well as networking with all of the other local vendors uh, at the farmer's market. It's been great to interact with them and learn from them and see what works and uh, talk about future partnerships with them as well. And it's all about the relaxation, right? Everybody needs some relaxation. And it's cool. Our company name is Iowa Lavender. We've shipped our products all across the country because people can send a little bit of Iowa, you know, across the country. So, so that's been fun to, to be able to provide that for people. Jessica and Jason Mortweet of Iowa Lavender online at iowalavender.com. We spoke via Zoom on Monday, June 14th. And that brings us to the close of this week's program. We're back again next week at this same time. In the meantime, you can listen to all or part of today's program by going to totallyiowa.com and clicking on the radio programs link. You'll also find podcasts of full interviews with many of the folks you hear on this program. They're listed as IBR Extras and IBR Business Profiles. And we're also found on all the major podcast distributors, including Google, Apple, and iHeart. We welcome your comments. Send them by email to radio at totallyiowa.com. I'm Jeff Stein. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you have a prosperous week. The Iowa Business Report is a copyrighted production of Totally Iowa Media, which is solely responsible for its content. For more, click on the radio programs button at totallyiowa.com. <laughs>